For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get you caught up on everything that's happened over the last week with the Tennessee Titans. Most of our conversation is going to be surrounding the upcoming 2021 NFL Draft which is just a couple of weeks away. The 29th of April will be here before you know it, and we will find out what the Titans are going to be doing. But before we get started, I want to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. A lot of NBA, NHL action going on, D, and the MLB has started, so Major League Baseball, I know a lot of people are jumping in on that. BetOnline has you covered for everything when it comes to all your betting needs. I'm going to have to get on there and see what props they got for the NFL draft coming up because I'm sure there's going to be some good ones there. I know there's a lot of talk about how many quarterbacks are going in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, D, we'll get into that a little bit here in a moment. But, man, I'm just going to ask you, how was your week? How are you doing today? Well, you know what, D, I'm doing great. Uh, just a little something on the somber note. You know, my condolences goes off to the Simmons family. And if you don't know who that is, of course, Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX, you know, he passed away. So there's... Now, I was a little sad, you know, because he is considered, you know, in the rap world, like the godfather, you know. So I, I hated to see him go. He was so young, 50 years old. And uh, just, you know, like I said to his family, man, I just, you know, wish them all uh, the best going forward. But uh, on the brighter side of things, I want to say congratulations. What really kind of pepped me up a little bit was... Did you see where the new head coach of Tennessee State University was named? Mr. I, I Eddie. did. <laughs> Eddie George. He's, he's getting the, the band new... back together. Yes. Do winner yes. you in Nashville to help out? No, 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 no. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I was so excited when I, I was in the gym working out, actually, and I saw Eddie's name, and it was like Eddie's basically about to take over Nashville, so... And I was thinking, what, you know, what's going on there? And, and I saw where he was named the new head coach at Tennessee, Tennessee State University, the Tigers. And he's bringing along the old ball coach, Mr. Jeff Fisher. And from what I understand, his son, Brandon, uh, is looking like he's going to be the defensive coordinator there. So, man, I was just pumped up, man, when I heard about the news. So congratulations to both Eddie and Coach Fisher. I am interested to see the staff that, Eddie puts around him. I mean, there's also reports that Hugh Jackson's going yeah. to be tabbed to be the next OC. There's a lot to that remains to be seen on that front. But yeah, uh, congrats to Eddie. And uh, I, I'm with you, D. On my radio show the other day, 
uh, in honor of DMX, man, I, ha- I had to play X Gonna Give It To You as the yeah. bumper coming in. It's nice. A, it's an absolute banger, in my opinion. So, yeah. uh, man, he, he definitely has some hits. But the other news as it relates to hirings in Nashville, the Titans have tabbed former defensive coordinator of the Titans and former NFL head coach Jim Schwartz to come in and be a senior defensive assistant. I really like this move. I think Coach Schwartz has a lot to offer whenever you look at his expertise in years in the NFL. And I know his head coaching stint didn't exactly go as planned, but I mean, whenever he was the DC for the Titans, I mean, that was the last time Titans were number one in the AFC that year. Unfortunately, things didn't, didn't go well in the playoffs, but I mean, that regular season was really fun watching that defensive unit that he was leading. And so I'm glad that he's back in Nashville. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that relationship bodes well for all parties involved. And uh, that's it's, it's always great whenever you can add some really knowledgeable people to that staff. So uh, no complaints there. Really happy to see that move for the Titans. Yeah, and that's value, man. You bring in a lot of insight. You bring in a lot of knowledge. And that's where he started coaching. You know, he started in Tennessee. He was the, he was the linebackers coach. He was there when I was there. A young coach, vibrant, very smart. Uh, he basically knows the game in and out. I knew he was going to be a great coach. I know it's like I was telling people as I was alluding to, alluding to in our previous podcast is don't look at their head coaching resume. <laughs> don't look at the, the wins and loss columns, excuse me. But look at sometimes how they're able to coach a unit. And when you look at him as a defensive coordinator, he's one of the best minds in the business. He won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson in Philly. So that should tell you what the Titans are basically adding. They're basically adding another dimension, another element to this organization, and he's going to be a huge asset to this defense. Yeah, speaking of this defense, D, that is definitely a unit that the Titans need to address in the upcoming NFL draft. A couple of weeks away, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to give, before we kind of get into some more of the prospects, a complete list of all the picks that the Titans have for the upcoming draft. It'll be taking place in Cleveland. I mentioned earlier, April 29th to get things started. I know we talk about it a lot, but I'm really excited. I live for draft day, and so I do think the Titans, we spend a lot of time on their first round pick, which is pick 22 overall, but there is a lot of, I don't know if scuttle's the right word, but I mean, there's just a lot of conversation right now as far as some guys sliding up and down the boards. I mean, that happens every year at this time, but uh, some guys have gone in for some minor procedures. Will that affect their draft stock as teams are starting to figure out more about these players' backgrounds? What's going to happen? That's definitely a big question, seeing as what happened last year for the Titans in the first round. But, D, to quickly go through the Titans' 2021 NFL draft order, uh, as I mentioned, kick things off with pick 22 in round one, round two with a 53rd overall pick, round three, 85th overall pick, round three, a comp pick, but pick 100, round four, pick 126, round five, pick 166, round six, Pick 205, round six, picks or pick 215, which the Titans are getting via trade with the Chiefs. And then round seven, pick 232, and that is courtesy of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we've kind of dove into that before. We're going to avoid talking about it today. But Diso, Titans looking at nine draft picks, got some currency, maybe could see them sliding around a little bit. I know J Rob's typically pretty active on the trade front at some point. But D, I know we talked about some guys last week. I'm curious to see some of the guys that you're bringing to the table that you would like to see the Titans possibly be bringing in to help bolster their roster. And so D, I'm turning it over to you, man. Who who do I need to be on the lookout for? 
Well, we both agreed last week that Azizi Ajalari would be a huge, we, we think he's going to be a first day player that's picked in the first round. So we've all, we both agree. We both like him out of Georgia, the, def- the uh, defense, the end or the edge rush or whatever you want to call him. Everybody has a different term, but I will say this D there's two guys that, uh, as far as edge rushers that I love and I've ha- had a chance to break these two down and I've had a chance to watch one in person. And I love this guy. I love him so much. So I'm actually looking at film on him right now. And that's my man, Ronnie Perkins, out of the University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. And let me tell you people right now, he's a monster. I'm telling you, I get excited when I get a chance to watch him. He plays the same. My son plays right behind him. You know that, don't you? (laughs) So the upside that I love about Ronnie is, you know, he got in trouble last year. And I really think that kind of hurt his stock, you know, going into the LSU game last year. But again, he redeemed himself. He atoned for his mistake. And what I love about running is in his final five starts at Oklahoma, he had 31 quarterback pressures. Davey, that's putting in work. And let me tell you something. I'm watching a game. Ronnie is going against Baylor. More than likely, Tevin Jenkins is going to be a first round pick. That's the left tackle for Baylor. He is a beast in the Big 12, people. Let me tell you something. He's got a chance to be like my man at San Francisco. What's his name? The big tackle that just got paid all that money. Mr. Trent. You know his last name. Williams. Williams. And he's basically dips under him. Just basically runs right past him. Ronnie actually owned Tevin this game. And that's what you want to watch. When, I, when I'm evaluating a guy, I don't want to see him go against some you know player at Missouri State. You know? I want to see how do you stack up against talent? How do you stack up against a guy that's going to be a first or second round pick? And basically, Ronnie just took it to him the whole game. And that was the difference between Oklahoma coming on top and beating Baylor was his play. So I think he would be a huge addition because he's going to be a day to pick. But if you can get a guy like Ronnie, a player with his caliber, he's undersized. He's only about 250 pounds. But let's remember we was talking about that last week. We was talking about Ajala. He's not the biggest guy in the world. We don't need that. We don't need a guy that has all of the physical measurements, but it can't translate to, you know, to the field. And that's what I love about Perk. Perk is a player. Perk is a beast. And I promise you, he will be a huge addition to this defensive unit. When you look at Ronnie, one of the biggest things that I remember reading about him is his explosiveness. And I mean, we've kind of talked about it, just your ability to get to the quarterback. That's, that's something that, this team is lacking desperately. And so that would definitely be good in that area. I mean, if, if you're looking at him, D, where, where do you think he would be slotted as far as like which day of the draft he goes around? I see him going second day somewhere between the third, you know, because he's a, he's a great player. I mean, he's going, I watched the game against Oklahoma State and he's on the left side, okay? Basically, bull rushes the tackle with one hand, okay? Literally takes this tackle, takes the tackle back all the way to the backfield. Okay. When you that strong, but again, we keep talking about he's 250 pounds and you're going against a 300 pounder, but you're pushing the 300 pounder back. That's what you want to see. We didn't see that last year on this Titans team. We didn't see that on this defensive line. We didn't see that from this unit. That's what you want. 
You want the pocket to collapse. When you're a defensive line coach, that's what you teach. That's what you preach. You want to make the, you want to make the line go backwards. You never want to see the offensive unit basically pushing your defensive line backwards. That's how you win. It's called the push. And that's what he has. I love, I love his ability. I love his, his, just his grit. I love the fact that he has a motor that never stops and he has a lot to prove. He has a lot to prove that, you know what? I am a first round draft pick and I think he's going to play like that, but I think he's a guy that a lot of scouts are saying he's a third or fourth rounder. So if you can get him in that, four, you know, fourth round, that's a steal. Yeah. I know when you're talking about Oklahoma. Usually most people focus on the offense just because of Lincoln Riley and that high-octane offense that he's been able to establish with his years being at that program. But I will say, whenever I'm looking at watching Oklahoma's defense over the last couple of years, Ronnie Perkins is really the only name that, that stands out to me as someone who would probably not be able to watch that much Oklahoma football. And he's a guy that just covers all over the field. like He's everywhere. He mentioned his explosiveness. You, you look at him as the ball's moving on the other side. Next thing you know, he's all the way over on the other side of the field making a play. And so just having a guy that's able to move around like that, I mean, he's a three-year starter coming out, coming like he declared early for the draft after his junior year. So the guy is definitely got the ability to make an impact as he gets to this level. I, I would not mind the Titans drafting Ronnie Perkins. I know there's some people that have said like, yeah, he might have some maturity issues that need to be addressed. Um, he atoned from that. He atoned. You know, you got to understand they're young. We all, are, you know, I've been young. We all make mistakes. But the question is that I would have for a player like Ronnie, did you learn from your mistake? Okay. He didn't have no off the field issues this year at Oklahoma. And that's what you want to see. That means that he's evolving. He's growing. And that's what you want. You know, and I think he paid the price last year. Again, that did hurt Oklahoma a lot. That's why LSU basically almost put up a hundred points on them because they didn't have Ronnie playing. So again, that's that's what I want to see. I, you know what? I know we talk about character flaws, and unfortunately, when we're twenty one, twenty two years old, we do some things that we we regret. But I always ask a young man, and I look him in the face, and I will say to him, "Did you learn?" And if he can look at me and say yes, then you know what? Let's go on, move on. And then I'll give him a chance and let's see what you can do from here. No, I, I hear you, Denard. Like, I'm all for second chances, but it's just making sure that you at least proved to me you're putting in the work to where whenever I give you that second chance, I can see that I'm going to see some return on investment. But before we move on to the next one, D, I did want to talk real quick about Sunday Scaries. I've said it before and I'll say it again, but like, until I got Sunday Scaries, I didn't sleep well. I was really good at staying awake and, and staring at my ceiling. So I was always kind of on the lookout for new ways to get myself together at night. I mean, my head, it, it hits the pillow and bam, my mind would race to, you know, all over the place. I didn't know what I needed to do. And if this sounds relatable for you, fortunately, I have found Sunday Scaries and realized they make products specifically for overthinkers and night owls like me. Sunday Scary CBD gummies help me decompress clear my head, and fall asleep so I can actually wake up a fully functioning human being. And here's the thing. There's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code BELIEVE for your discount. That's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. 
They're effing amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. D, as we move on talking about other guys that might be joining the Titans squad, you mentioned Ronnie Perkins. I know we've talked about Aziz Ojolari whenever it comes to the edge rusher, Quiddy Pay, Jason Owa. And there's a lot of edge rushers that the Titans are going to have an opportunity to take. And again, it all just comes to, one, are they there? Is there value there at the time you're picking them? Are the Titans getting a, a good selection there? And then two is like, are you just sure that these guys are going to fit your scheme well and that they're going to be able to contribute whenever they get to Tennessee? Because that is one of the things whenever you're looking at the edge rusher position for the Titans. Whoever you're drafting, you can't afford to take a project, especially if you're doing it rounds one or two. You have to have a guy that's able to come in and compete right away based off where this team's needs are in the moment when we're looking at getting pressure on the quarterback. So I know there's a lot of talk about the Miami guys. Maybe Jalen Phillips slips to us. Rousseau, uh, I guess just, I do think that this is a pretty deep draft when you're looking at some of these edge rushers. So I feel confident there. Whenever we're looking at the cornerback position, I, I did want to say, do you mentioned a couple of guys last week. I, I know we we're talking about Newsom the second out of Northwestern. One of the guys that, keeps falling because of one he sat out last year and two he had a minor back procedure but Caleb Farley before last year that dude was considered a top five pick and based off where things are as far as him sitting out one not having much tape to put for scouts lately and not being able to compete in any pro day him falling to 22 I mean that that could be Jeffrey Simmons 2.0 for us and getting a top five player that because of injury and some other issues was leading him to slide down those draft boards. I'd be really interested to see what happens if he continues to fall and the Titans get an opportunity to look there. But the other thing, real quickly, D, I wanted to mention, I don't view the Titans as picking 22nd overall because right now I kind of view them as like we're picking 17th overall because at this point I am like 99% certain that five quarterbacks are going to be going before the Titans pick at, at 22. So I kind of look at all those other guys that are sliding down. I mean, it looks as though we got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson at one and two. Some debate about who's going number three. Could it be Mac Jones? Could it be Justin Fields? What's going to happen there? And so then as you get down there, somebody's going to take Trey Lance, whether it's the Falcons, the Broncos, who knows, maybe the Patriots. But I mean, we just continue to see it looking more and more likely like five quarterbacks are going to be selected in the top 20 picks. And so that, in my opinion, bodes very well for the Titans and allowing them to have a better selection of top guys that are positions of need for Tennessee. Well, you know what? I was thinking about, you know, we talked last week about Newsom. We talked about players going early. Now, we know the monster out of South Carolina. We know JC is going to go early. We know Patrick Sertain, the second, is going to go early. Listen, there's a name that I just... I can't get off of my mind. And yet I've been scouting this young man since he was in high school. And I love J.C. Horn. I know you love J.C. Horn because we're both familiar with him because he went to South Carolina. So he's an SEC country. We're an SEC country. I, I didn't mention him, D, just a minute ago because I think he's going to go top 15. I do too. And so I it's do. like he keeps moving up that board. I was like, I don't, he's, I don't a, he's a great player. And his yeah. testing measurements. You love that. You love that. But the fact that he can cover. Okay. So we, we can't take that away from him, but I'm going to go on a limb here, D. And I'm going to tell you that a, this is a player that I'm not only excited about, but this is a player that in the 2021 uh, draft, I think he has a chance to be the steal over the whole draft. Nobody's talked about him. Me and you, we've never mentioned him, 
And I wanted to talk about him on today's segment, why he would be a great addition to Christian Fulton, Janoris Jenkins, Kevin Johnson, and Breon Borders. We have to get young at the defensive back position. Okay, we know Janoris is 32 years old, and we know Kevin Johnson was brought over from Cleveland. He is a really solid corner. There's a name, and I want all of our listeners to really, I want you to remember this name, and remember, Denard Walker told you so. Paulson Adebo. Stanford. Yeah, Stanford, baby. Mansfield, Texas. Dwayne Aquino said, Dwayne Aquino has been around a long time. You're talking about one of the great minds, one of the great coaches. Uh, he's at Stanford. He was at the University of Texas for a long time with Mac Williams. Let me tell you something. Paulson Adebo. And I want all of our listeners to think about Richard Sermon, a former Stanford alum. I want you to envision you're thinking about Richard Sherman playing when he was playing at his best with the Legion of Boom. Richard Sherman was a shutdown corner. Richard Sherman was a receiver at Stanford. And they converted him over when he got to Seattle. He played uh, his last year. He got moved over to cornerback, a six foot three defensive back. Okay. You don't see that often. Six foot three playing corner. That's like T.O. playing cornerback. That's scary. Now, Adebo, let me just say this, D. I'm going to break him down right now. I've watched about three games. Six foot one, 190. What hurt him was the fact that he set out this year because of COVID. And that's why they bumped him down so far somewhere between third and the fourth round. What I love about him, if you go back, I've always said that how you evaluate talent is watch talent play other talent. How does it compete against other talent? That's how I measure a guy, his talent. There's a game where he played against Clay Chasepool, who's now a stud for the Steelers. He absolutely shuts down Chasepool that game. I'm telling you, stride from stride. And one of the things that scouts love about him, they talk about his physical attributes. They talk about his length, his ability to play press coverage. They talk about his ball skills. They talk about his range. They talk about how instinctive he is. But you can talk about that, but sometimes you need to see it on a film. Just go and if you can just vision what Richard Sherman, envision him playing at against Denver in the Super Bowl, how they just shut down that Broncos offense. That's a Debo. He plays the same way. He's a great tackler. And his sophomore year, he had 20 pass breakups. You know what that means, D? That means that every time he's near the ball, he's getting his hands on a lot of balls. When you got a corner that's getting that many uh, passes defended, that means it's very hard to throw on him. That means that the completion rate from the opposing team, very low, very low. And I love this. I'm telling you, this would be a steal for Tennessee if he can drop somewhere in that three and four and you can get him. You need that. You need value. But you also need a guy that not only has he set out a year, he's hungry, he's fresh, he's young, and he is a young man. He's a young player. That can be a talent. Dwayne Aquino said it three years ago. He will be one of the best cornerbacks to ever play this game. That's how good he is. Yeah, one of the things I like about him was, I mean, coming out of high school, I mean, he was playing. I think, I think he was highly touted as a wide receiver that then yes. made that switch over to the cornerback position. He's definitely got the athleticism. I am kind of curious to see kind of how he comes back after not playing for, for so long. And I mean, that's the thing where, well, we kind of look at 
his his stock sliding. That could be to the Titans' benefit whenever you're looking at falling, as you said, in that third, fourth round. I mean, is he there at pick 100? And if the Titans haven't taken a cornerback at that point, I would think he'd be a really good fit for the team as far as getting him for that value. So it remains to kind of see what the Titans are going to do for their homework on him. As, as I was kind of reading about him, I mean, you mentioned he's he's got the length. 6-1 for a cornerback, never going to discount that. That's always something to where you, you want a tall, long corner. And from what I've read about him, I mean, he seems to be pretty physical watching the tape. And I mean, as you mentioned, like he's not afraid to get in there and break up the pass. So that's something to where he, he might be a little bit more of a project. But as you said, I mean, that potential could be there over the long haul. Every guy, they are, every, but every guy, I don't care how you can take him first round and you can take him like Tom Brady in the sixth round. They all are projects. Let me just say this right now. And I, and, and I tell everybody, tell all our listeners, when you getting drafted is like when you go to college, okay? They got these, all these five stars, four, I, I, I read all these stars, you know, I'm going to give you a, what do you think Justin Jefferson coming out of high school? What kind of star do you think he was? How 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 many stars do you think that uh, he had coming out of? I think it was St. Rose High School out in Amy, down in that area by going towards New Orleans. It's not fair, D. I already know the answer. It's zero. He didn't have a profile. Uh, you're wrong. He had a, he was a one star. A one star. Okay, well that's I, I think that's what they give you. You have a profile. <laughs> he was a one star. Plus, both of his brothers played at LSU. You think about it. Most teams, most schools, especially on a D1 level, probably wouldn't even recruit a one-star player. A one-star. Think about that. And now you're talking about an emerging. This guy is on the cuffs of being a superstar in this league. D, you mentioned that you right now think Stephon Diggs is the best wide receiver in the league. I do. I, I mean, to this, this isn't against Stephon Diggs, but this just tells you where Vikings fans view Jefferson at they're not upset about losing Stefan Diggs in the fact that they got Jefferson on a better contract yeah but think about this who's the other receiver that they got out of what man Cato State Thalen Adam man, yep. Adam Thalen out of man what do you know where uh, man Cato State is that's where the Vikings hold their training camp pretty, do you think I mean, that he was drafted Thalen was not no. even drafted Davey when you talk about number one receivers, do you think Adam's the number one receiver? No. What'd you say? You asked if when he was drafted. Do you think? No, 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 no. Oh. I said now. Do you think that he's a number one receiver right now in this league? I think for some teams, yeah, he could definitely be a, a number one wide receiver. Not some teams. I'm talking about with the Vikings. What I, he's done in the last four or five years, he's been in the league. Do you think right now he's a number one receiver? Yeah, so yes, I, I know I am. Like, well, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's more of his style. Like, I, I think he's he's a great complimentary. He's a Pro receiver. Bowl player. He's a Pro Bowl receiver. I'll have him listed as a one. He's B. a Pro Bowl receiver. That he's, means he's, he's a number one receiver. One, Don't you one say B. One B. Oh, you know what? Let me say this, Davy. In the black community, I wanted to always tell you this because I said I'm going to use this phrase one day. You know, a, a black grandmama. My friend always talking about, you know, he's Italian. And then Italians always speak with their hands, you know. And, and he said, I guess in the Italian culture, if you call a meatball, that's a good thing. If your grandmother call you a meatball or something like that. Well, in the black community, when a black grandmama tells you, she says something like, child, please. That's just basically a nice way of she saying. Shut, shut up. <laughs> yeah. uh. Don't even say, don't, don't you say one B. Don't say one B. You know what? 
don't say 1B. He is a number one receiver. If you can make the Pro Bowl undrafted out of Mankato State University, you are a number one receiver in the National Football League. Oh, it's a fantastic story. Don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning that at all. And, and you know what? I want to say this while we're on this before I forget. And I don't want to deviate from what we've been talking about. But speaking of a great receiver, un, I'm sorry, taken in the seventh round, I got a trivia question for you. This is a great trivia. I love getting you. But I know I'm not going to get you because I know you're going to get this right. And I don't want to get Well, now out. I'll feel really Ooh. dumb if I miss it. Who is the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 53? Who is the MVP? I love when you do that. That's there. I'm just trying to think it was. Between the Patriots and the Rams. Oh. That game. Who was the, who was the MVP of that game? Didn't they give it to Edelman? Edelman. What round was he drafted? Seventh. Seventh round. Do you think that he was a number one receiver? No. They wouldn't have won that game without Edelman. No, I mean, they needed 12 him. years in the National Football League, and the reason that I, I want to bring his name up is I wanted to say congratulations to him. I didn't say that earlier in the show. He just retired this year, put together a great, great 12 years, and it's just to show you that a guy or a young man that was a quarterback at Kent State basically was drafted. The only way he could make it in this league was to play receiver, so he had to practice. And that's what I tell young young guys all the time. You want to be a number one receiver? You got to pay your dues. You got to work. And if you work, anything is possible. Justin Jefferson, has showed, he's showing you that right now. Julian Elderman, he showed you that throughout 12 years. You think about a lot of other... And so any young players out there that are basically looked over, remember, if you put in the work, you too can be just like these two guys I just mentioned. I know Thielen plays a little bit more on the outside now than he did, but I, I guess in, as far as my mindset, whenever I'm thinking of a number one wide receiver, even if that is the number one option, like I usually kind of get in my mind that if, if you're playing pride predominantly in the slot, you don't fit my mold as a number one receiver. That, that doesn't mean you're the number one go-to option, but I guess that's just a way in – which I look at it from my mind, like it's like Wes Welker. Like I was usually the best receiver on the field, but I don't know if I say Wes Welker is the number one option. Or you know what a coach once told me, D? Anytime you step on the field, you are a number one. I don't care what position you're He's playing. He's just trying to make Corner, people feel better. No, no, it's the truth. You got to earn. You got to earn a spot on that field. There's only 11 positions. There's 22 guys on the field. If you on the field, you are a number one. That doesn't now, make sense, Ricky. Make... You can be second, third, fourth. Hell, you Baby, can even be fifth. Child, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Baby, I'm just. Child, I wanted to give please. my. I wanted to give my Don't Talladega nights. Three child pleases in a row. It's Talladega you know nights, man. I, I had to drop you. a Ricky. Bo- a black woman Re- ever referred to you? She said to you, child, Bobby. please. That means you're stupid. Reese, Reese, Bobby. <laughs> Reese, Bobby. That's that's his quote. I'm not gonna give you a third child, please. I'm not even gonna say anything. Dad, I lived what my I'm whole saying, life with that motto. I know. Your mom ain't never. Told you, Davy, child, please. D, have you seen Talladega Nights? Do you have any yeah. idea? Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. Ricky, I was high when I said it. Okay, but um, all right. Uh, so we we've gone over, I guess, talking about what constitutes a number one wide receiver. But D, you've given me two names so far. You got a third one for me. I got a third one for you because I've had a chance to watch this player over the last three years. He's go- he's foregoing his senior year at the University of Southern California. You-, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? There's actually two of them, and one of them I think you're going to like. 
Uh, is that a University of Southern California? Yeah, is it? Uh, there you Amon go. St. Raw? There you go. That, am I saying it right? Yeah. He's got Amon, a Amon, Amon Raw St. Brown. St. Brown, that's it. Yeah. Okay. You know, his dad was a great bodybuilder in the 80s. And you know the reason? His, ba- his name really is Amon Brown. But his dad, when they were younger, I saw the story, was he wanted to, that was so plain. So he wanted to give it just a little bit of like a little twist. Mm-hmm. He wanted to put like a twist to it. So he put raw saint that way they the boys would be able to stand out that name based excuse me that name stood out among the rest rather than just amon brown so i I kind of had a chance to look at the story about all three brothers three of them and what i think one of them is already in the nfl i think is it with the green bay packers i believe his uh yeah i can't say his brother's first name it's i I um... can't either so i don't want to mispronounce it but again dad hey man that was very clever very unique and i like that you know, but uh, again, I like him a lot because I've had a chance to see, you know, Aquinas, Aquinas. I think Aquinas, Raw, Saint Brown, E Q U A N I M E O U S. Yeah, and so you know, D, I, you know, I love that name because he is an explosive player. Unfortunately, I had a, um, they got him in the fourth, going somewhere between the third and fourth, and you can't always believe that because that's just like scouts projecting what they think because it never happens sometimes the way that they project these guys are going to go. But what I love about him is he reminds me of a lot of Michael Pittman, his basically his castmate at the University of Southern California, who's now putting up huge numbers with Indy. I like uh, Pitt. He played, he had a heck of a game here in Nashville against the Titans. But one of the things I love about him is he's a very explosive plays. And I think he's, he can go up, he reminds me a lot of AJ. You know, he goes up. He's very physical. He he loves to use that that bench press. You know, he bench pressed 225, 20 times. He's gotten really thick and really strong in the upper body. I like to see a little bit more explosiveness from him. But again, he's a guy that's very gritty. And I say that word because he will fight you. He's, a, he's very strong. Uh, he's got deceptive speed. Deceptive means that if he gets just a – if you give him just an inch – he can take a foot on you. What I mean by that, you got to make sure that you are, if you're a defensive back, you got to close, you got to be able to, uh, uh, step to step with him because he's that kind of guy that can lure you to sleep. Like Jerry Rice was really good at that. He was a four, six, 40. Didn't look like he was running fast until he got up on you. And then all of a sudden he kind of just passes you right on by. So I really like Amon St. Brown and I really like Josh Palmer. I think one of your favorite players out of the university of Tennessee. And I think what's really hurt his production is the lack of quarterback play at Tennessee. Oh, it has. You want a stat? Here's a pro football focus. You agree with me? Did you just agree with me? I think, I think Josh Palmer has a lot of upside and I will say that his quarterback play is something that definitely hurt him. Uh, According to pro football focus of his play last year, 37% of his catches were on, or of of the passes thrown his way were uncatchable. I mean, that's, that's really going to hurt you. I mean, but he's a guy that, Ever since Senior Bowl, going through Pro Day, he's really started to make some noise. And I, I do really believe that had he had some solid quarterback play, I mean, that's one of the things that's played the, the Vols ever since Josh Dobbs has left. And so I, I think Palmer, I mean, if, if you watch him, like he's got good routes. He mm-hmm. just hasn't been able to get anybody. No one's really been able to get him the ball. And you see whenever he does have the ball, I mean, he's a he's a very reliable receiver. And so I'm, I'm trying to think of who it was, but 
Uh, I think Pro Football Focus has actually had him slide up to the the 10th ranked receiver on their on their board. So I, I like Josh a lot I, from all accounts of everything I hear over in Knoxville. He's a good dude. Uh, no problems in that. He's a guy that likes to, I guess, nose to the grindstone, hard worker. And so I would I would be all for the Titans giving Palmer a shot. I did want to say on a Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, the dude's 6'1", 195. It's basically having a clone of me out there, D. What? Or did somebody just hit you? You said you can beat me. At, you can beat me in the forty, and I'm forty-seven years old. Six-one, one ninety-five. That's basically like I, I'm. I'm maybe like I'm right on the fringe six-one, six-two area. So, can you run it? What are you running the forty? Oh, uh, on a good day, if I stretch, we can get there at five, maybe. Oh gosh! But you said something I, I really love, D. You said, and you hit it right on the nail when you said that the inconsistency at the quarterback position is really what has hurt him. You ever think that that's why so many guys, they basically slide down to the later rounds as opposed to getting drafted early like a Stephon Diggs or didn't get drafted at all like Adam Thalen or you take Antonio Brown in the sixth round. You ever think that because maybe they had a lack of quarterback play at the schools that they came from? You ever think about that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. I just thought about what you said. And then the guys that get, when you're talking about the receivers like a Jamar Chase, I mean, we didn't hear nothing about Jamar Chase to to that big old monster, Burrow, when Joe just basically lit it up. And then all of a sudden we saw Justin Jefferson take off. We saw Jamar Chase because of what? We saw the play at the quarterback position. And you know about LSU. They call that school a death trap for quarterbacks. But when Joe Burrow came and basically when he evolved into a player and then Brady, you know, his offensive genius play calling, we he basically is going to put two guys in the National Football League. And, you know, I agree. I couldn't have, you know, when you said that, it just kind of like it hit me. You know what? That's why we end up finding so many great receivers in the, you know, the later part of the draft. So I think that would be a huge asset to the Titans. And if I'm a GM, maybe from here on out, I'm going to really take a hard look at that and say to myself that, you know what, Josh Palmer is probably a, a player that we can take somewhere at the third round or get him somewhere even earlier than that because if we look at the quarterback position, maybe that's what hurt him. You yeah, know? I, mean, I, I think, I mean, you see this across the board, but talent really does help breed talent. Whenever you're talented, you're obviously going to have more eyes on you. You're going to be more of a household name. And so that's why, I mean, you see these good GMs and a perfect example is Bill Belichick where he's a guy that, He's the first guy to draft a player that the telecast doesn't even have like a draft profile on the guy. They're like, who is this guy? Where is he from? And it's because, I mean, Coach Belichick is willing to do that deep dive of seeing like, all right, this guy fits my system. How? And it's, I mean, there's a lot of guys where like, you talk about like cross training. Like I remember he drafted a linebacker out of Tennessee, moved the guy to fullback. Oh, yeah. Undrafted guy in Jacob Johnson. But Jacob's been able to, to play for the Patriots last several years. He never really got on the field for the Vols. And so it just goes to show you, I mean, how these GMs want to scout different players and having to use the tools that they have. And and so it's just, it's one of those things, yeah, we're definitely like, I mean, we talk about the, the more noticeable names or guys that play at more profile, profile exactly. schools that have more Thank talent. You. And so it's just a, a cycle that continues to really repeat itself. And so those good GMs are able to go out to those smaller schools uh, and, and spot the talent elsewhere and see how the, the, those guys that you were talking about, like with Adam Thielen to the world, how they are able to scale up and really be able to be a benefit to uh, NFL team. 
I couldn't agree with you anymore. I, I, you know what? My favorite player when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I used to love Daryl Green. I mean, Daryl Green played 20 years for the Washington Redskins. You know what school he went to? Texas A&I. I don't even know where. It is. Somewhere in West Texas, I believe. You know, coming out of high school, I'm pretty, pretty much, he was probably underdeveloped, too small. Um, and then all of a sudden he puts together a Hall of Fame career. The next player that I love coming up was Everson Walls, who played a long time with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. He was up for the Hall of Fame, didn't make it in. I don't know why, because for so long, number 24 for the Cowboys when I was a kid back from like 81 to like 87. And then he went to the Giants and won a Super Bowl. He was one of the most productive defensive backs uh, to play in the NFL. He went to Grambling State. Again, coming out of high school, I'm pretty sure nobody took a chance on him. And I always take notice of that. That's why I love the, the, the later part of the draft, the day twos. And, the, you know, you go in the draft, you go rounds four and six, and you end up finding a player like a Stephon Diggs in the fifth round or a Tom Brady at the 199th pick or, a, you know, Antonio Brown in the sixth round from Central Michigan, the Chippewas, and you're like, wait, what, what, how is this happening? You know, that's why I never define, uh, to me, there's no such thing as a number one because it's always the guy or always the player, excuse me, that we say he's going to be that number one receiver, kind of like Corey. You know, when Corey came in, he was the fifth pick coming out of Western Michigan. Everybody was thinking, Randy Moss. You know, here come the next freak. Then all of a sudden, you know, it just didn't pan out. And then that fourth year, Corey just went off. He got healthy. And then all of a sudden we saw that number one so-called status or that potential because of his health. You know, he got his health in check. And now well, he's gotten paid going to New York. And I hope he continues to, you know, be productive and, and stay healthy. But, you know, that's, you know, that, that seems to be a, a theme in this league. And, and you know, I think maybe if I'm a GM, I, you know, I would think just like you, you know, I'm looking at all the like Bill Belichick. Maybe when I looked at Tom Brady and scouted him, I'm pretty sure that probably 31 other teams probably said, listen, this guy from Michigan, he hasn't put up great numbers. You know, he's an average quarterback at least, you know, and now look what has happened. You know, nearly 20 years, 10 Super Bowls. Seven wins and three losses. We may never see this again. So this maybe is a good way for GMs to say, you know what? Maybe we really need to take a second and stop the traditional way of looking at a guy by his physical measurements and his 40-yard dash and really take a long look at the film because the film doesn't lie. Excuse me, the film don't lie. And that's what I love about Ronnie Perkins. And that's what I love about Azizi Ajilari. They don't necessarily have the physical attributes that we're looking for. But you know what? When you put that film on, what do you see? You see an edge rusher getting to the quarterback. You're seeing an edge rusher beating tackles that are going to be potential first-round draft picks. That's what you want. And we talked about guys like Oway out of Penn State who only had one sack, you know, in 2020. But yet he runs a 4-3-3-40. You know, so maybe we get caught up in the wrong thing sometimes as, you know, analysts, you know. GMs, as opposed to really looking at what they call the film, is the real eye in football. They call it the eye in the sky. The eye in the sky in the NFL is that film. 
And that's really what they start to look at when you get there. It's definitely an issue, but I think a, a lot of it just revolves around it's a it's a combination of all those factors you mentioned, D. I mean, it's it's taking into account what the physical attributes are, the film that they put on tape, and then just how are you able to project what they're going to be able to do in your system. And so that's, I mean, you see a lot of hits and misses because, again, there's no such thing as a surefire prospect. And so we've always seen the guy that's like, right, like, I mean, you go back to the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf draft, they're like debating who's going to be the better quarterback. Well, I mean, outside of, yeah. outside of like his failures, like people don't remember Ryan Leaf's NFL tenure and and things ended really badly for him and now you got Peyton Manning who went on to to win two Super Bowls with two different teams is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and so is is just going to go down as a guy that was drafted number one overall that actually came through and and was a success and was able to live up to the expectations and the pressure ever since the kid was in high school so it, again like man it's just you, you never know and and that's why you always see GMs hitting and missing and exactly. it's, it's a combination of all those factors, buddy. But, D, we are up against it for today. As always, my friend, I appreciate you joining us. To the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. And we will be back next week to give more draft coverage and more on the latest of everything dealing with the Tennessee Titans. But for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.